Salvete omnes, welcome to the AP Latin Podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's De Bello Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati, eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 4B, Aeneid, Book 1, Lines 132 to 156. In this episode, Neptune will get a little salty towards the winds, and there will be some not-so-subtle emperor propaganda. Tanta ne vos generis tinuit fiducia westri, yam caelum teramque meo sine numine, winti, miscerat tantas audetis talera moles, quos ego, sed motos praestat componera fluctus, post mihi non simili poina commissa luetis. Maturate fugam regi quaec dicite westro, non il imperium pelagi saevumque tridentem, Sed mihi sorte datum, tenet ille mania saxa, westras eore domus, illa se jactet in aula, aeolus, et clauso wintorum carcere regnet. Sicait, et dicto citius tumidaequora placat, collectasque fugat nube solemque reducit, qui motoe simul et triton ad nixus acuto, de trudunt nawe scapulo, lewat ipse tridenti, et vastas aperet certes et temperat aequor, atque rotis sumas levibus perlabitur undas. Aque luti magnin populo cum saepe coortest, seditio saevit quanimis ignobile vulgus, jamque faces et saxa volant furor arma ministrat, tum pietate gravac meritis si forte virum quem conspexera, Silent arectis quaribus adstant. Ille regit dictis animos et pectora mulcet. Sic cunctus pelagi cecidit fragor aequora postquam prospiciens genitor caeloquin rectus aperto, flectit equos curuque volans dat lore secundo. Has so great a confidence in your origin held you? Do you dare now to mix heaven and earth without my divine power, winds, and to raise such great masses, whom I, but it is more important to compose the disturbed waves. After, you will pay a not similar penalty to me for your crimes committed. Hasten your flight and say these things to your king. Not to him, but to me, has the imperium of the sea and fierce trident been given by lot. He holds huge rocks, your homes, Eurus. Let Aeolus toss himself around in that hall and rule with his prison of the winds having been shut. Thus he speaks, and quicker than his words, he calms the swollen seas and puts the collected clouds to flight and leads back the sun. At the same time, Chimothoe and Triton, pushing, dislodge the ships from the sharp rock. He himself raises them with his trident and opens the vast Sirtes and calms the sea and glides through the top of the waves with light wheels. Just as often in a large populace when a riot has begun, and the common crowd rages in their minds, and now torches and rocks fly, madness supplies weapons. 
Then, if by chance they've caught sight of any man serious in pietas and merit, they fall silent and stand with their ears raised. He rules their minds with his words and soothes their hearts. Thus the entire uproar of the sea fell after the father, looking out on the seas and carried in the open sky, guides his horses and flying along gives rein to his favorable chariot. If you recall from the previous Virgil episode, the storm sent by Juno and Aeolus was wrecking Aeneas's fleet and Neptune had noticed the chaos. At the end of the section, he had summoned the winds to himself to deliver a speech. At first, overcome by emotion, Neptune begins scolding the winds and their king about overstepping their bounds. He regains his composure, breaking off mid-speech in a famous apasiopesis, and decides to take care of the more important business of calming the storm so some of the Trojans might survive. The conflict between emotion and reason exhibited by Neptune in this scene is a theme that will recur in the poem. Instances of emotion overcoming reason are most often illustrated by Juno and her anger, but also by the Trojans about the horse, by Aeneas and Dido about each other, and by Turnus influenced by Electo, to name a few examples. And instances of reason overcoming emotion are illustrated by Neptune here, by Jupiter in several places, and by Aeneas after Mercury has told him to leave Dido, again to name a few. Neptune personally begins calming the storm, and two deities assist Neptune in cleaning up the aftermath. Chimothoe is one of the Nereids, sea nymphs and daughters of Nereus, who shows up in the labors of Hercules. The Nereids are friendly and helpful to sailors fighting perilous storms. Triton is a sea god, son of Neptune, whose superpower was blowing a conch shell like a horn to calm or raise the waves. This skill plays a minor role in Book 6 as one of Aeneas's companions absent-mindedly picks up a conch and blows into it, which Triton takes as a personal challenge and raises a wave to drag the poor mortal out to sea and drown him. Aeneas is then required to bury his comrade along with grabbing the golden branch before he can visit his father in the underworld. The final third of this passage is an extended simile comparing Neptune's calming of the sea to a distinguished statesman calming a riot. While it is clear that Virgil intends to compare Neptune with this person, this simile has two additional functions. One, it refers to Aeneas. We can infer this because the figure in the simile is described as a man of outstanding pietas, a term which we have already seen applied to Aeneas, and because lines of the simile foreshadow Aeneas's actions shortly in the narrative. Aeneas will calm his men's hearts with words, and Virgil repeats Dictis and Pectora Molcat from line 153 again in line 197 about Aeneas's speech. By making this connection, Aeneas becomes the figure of Pietas, whose presence and leadership can calm and command attention. Secondly, this simile speaks outside the poem, as it would have strongly resonated with recent Roman experience. Virgil wrote the Aeneid between 29 BC and his death in 19. The Battle of Actium and Octavian's final consolidation of power happened in 31 BC. Assuming that Virgil began writing and publishing his epic in order, only a few years would have passed between the end of 20 years of virtually non-stop civil war and Virgil's composition of Book 1. Where the offhand expression that a riot with torches and stones frequently arises in a crowd of people might seem a little strange to us, though not really all that strange if you pay any attention at all to the news, this would have been an occurrence that Romans would have regularly seen in the Forum during the chaos of the civil wars of Julius and Octavian Caesar, and even before that with Sulla's proscription lists, or Catiline's planned rebellion, or the thugs hired to intimidate citizens into voting for certain candidates, 
or when Milo killed Publius Clodius and a mob of his supporters carried his body to the Forum and burned the Senate House down around him as a funeral pyre. Thus, the distinguished leader in the simile is meant to also refer to Augustus, who calmed the rioting Republic and restored order. Making this connection between Augustus outside the poem and Aeneas within the poem allows for these parallels to be extended. Aeneas then becomes a symbol of Augustus' own accomplishments in establishing order after the long period of chaos and the Trojans as representative of the Romans themselves, uniting behind a single leader who will lead them out of destruction to fated greatness. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. What do Neptune's words to the winds and to Aeolus reveal about the roles and spheres of authority of the gods? How does Neptune illustrate the thematic conflict between emotion and reason? What is the role of Pietas in this section of lines? How is Virgil's extended simile meant to refer to Neptune, Aeneas, and Augustus? Gratias ago pro auscultando, valete.